Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. What I'm going to talk about today is, is, is how do we get to that place in our inner heart? Go to our inner man, the place where Christ is within us, the hope of glory, right? The place where he, his mind exists. The, every single one of us who are born again have the mind of Christ within us. How great would it be if we could access that every single day? If there were issues in your life that you're trying to, to deal with, if there are decisions that you're having to make, if there's, oh my goodness, what am I supposed to do with the will of God in my life? What if you could grab a hold of that through the power of biblical meditation and take that and use it and walk out the life of abundance that God intended for us to live, right? Amen? So, you know, when you say life of abundance, what is the life of abundance? I mean, it's, it, what, how abundant is abundant? Nothing lacking, exactly. And that abundance for Courtney may be completely different than the abundance for Angie. Or for Robert, it's all finding out what that is within your heart and going to that inner place with your biblical meditation. So when you go into that inner man and you're co-laboring with law, God, there's partnership, it's an intentional thing, and you're learning to hear the voice of God in your heart. How many of you in here today, if you could have the voice of God speaking to you in your heart and you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are hearing the voice of God, that would be a good thing? Yeah. Amen. 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 How many of you would like to have success, peace, and inner awareness of God's inner dwelling in you, uh, a sensitivity to his voice? How many of you would like to have that on a consistent day in and day out basis? Amen. Well, the way you get there is through biblical meditation. Throughout the Bible, there's over 20 commands that specifically teach us and tell us to meditate. You know, in Joshua 1.8, you meditate on the word day in and day out. And there's a promise to that, that there will be great um, success by doing that. That you meditate day in and day out. Problem is, people have not understood what meditation is. But people, in, in, especially in the Western cultures, think about meditation. They think about all righty then, right? They think about, oh, no, 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 that's new age and that's out there and I don't want to have any part of that. I don't want to touch that because that may not be exactly what God has for me. When God was the inventor of the whole thing, right? He's the one who put it together and the new age and the Eastern religions and all of that, they sometimes have taken that and twisted and, and turned it around not the way God wanted it to it or intended to it. And let me tell you, you're already meditating, whether you realize it or not. Every single one of us in here is already meditating. It's are we meditating on the right things, you know? If we get a report from the doctor that says, you know, this is a bad illness and you've got 15 months to live, uh, get your affairs in order. You got an opportunity to meditate on that. You're meditating on it. You're thinking about it. You're muttering it. You're, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? That is certainly one way take care of that. Then, you know, if you get a bill in the, in the mail, and maybe that bill in the mail is something that you weren't expecting, and, and maybe things are a little tight financially, and you start meditating, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to make this work for me? Then you're meditating, but you're meditating on the things that don't produce life. You're meditating on those things that are there. So whether you realize it or not, 
You are meditating. You already are meditating. You're doing it day in and day out. And the question becomes then, are you meditating on the things that matter and that will change your life? Or are you meditating on the things that could be detrimental to your life? You always have choices. That's the beautiful thing about this message of grace is there's choices you can make. And it's, a, it's an opportunity to co-labor. It's a co-laboring with God. And you can get together with him and meditate with him to see what he would have to say about that. So if you got a, uh, you got a message about a bad medical report, I'll give you an example. Um, when Angie and I married, we tried for several years to have babies. And didn't so much work out. We tried for over two years to have babies. And um, we were happy if, if, if Aaron was going to be it. We were going to be happy with Aaron and say, bless God. But I believe that, that God wanted us to be fruitful and multiply. And as you can tell, we, we prolifically practice that. Um, <laughs> so we have four kids now. This is from a doctor's report that said, I'm sorry, you have polycystic ovaries. And there's a good chance that you'll never conceive again. Aaron was, boom, we didn't know. The rest, we're, they, we got in the doctor's report, said polycystic ovaries, you probably won't have babies. I know you want to, but you probably won't. So we had an opportunity or a decision to make. Do we believe what the doctors have said? Do we meditate upon that? Or do we meditate on God who said, I make all things new? Do we meditate on God who said that by his stripes you are healed? And it's a process sometimes. It was a process for us. And we ended up having Anna, who is our miracle baby. I think all of our babies are miracle babies. But Anna, uh, after we had gone through all sorts of testing and everything, the doctor uh, we went to uh, did an exam on Ange, and her uterine wall was thicker. And they thought it might be precancerous because there was no way we could possibly be pregnant because she had polycystic ovaries. You're not supposed to have babies when you have polycystic ovaries, right? So they uh, gave us all sorts of things to take and come back up and have a, a procedure. But they ran a pregnancy test just on the safe side because they didn't want us to take those drugs in case this beautiful young lady was in there. And this beautiful young lady was there as a peanut, a little shape of a peanut, and and, and, and we went back in, and that became our miracle baby. Well, they said, you know what? This is, this is a fluke. You probably never will have any more, so be happy with the two that you have, okay? I said, no, no, we, we are happy with the two that we have, but we think we want more because we want to be fruitful and multiply, right? So we went and had another uh, doctor's visit, and they said, you know, it's probably not going to happen again. And then we were at, a, we were at a, um, a prophetic conference one day, and a lady came up behind us and talked to Angie, and she said, you had a very difficult time getting pregnant with your first uh, daughter here. And you think you're not going to have any more children, but let me tell you this, that God has made a way, and the next one is going to be easier. It's going to be a lot easier. So Angie had to get in her mind this idea and meditate on God's promise that her body was healed. She had to get into her mind and go into her inner man, inner woman in this case, because I like that a little better. Uh, <laughs> she had to go into her inner woman and find out the promise of God within her. She had to see her body as being healed. She had to see her as being a mother again. And you know what? We've had two more since Anna. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. You know, meditation is, is, is getting in that inner place, 
in your inner man and seeing exactly what it is that God has promised you and meditating on that until you associate your emotions and your feelings. You know, you can read the Bible. You pick up the, the Bible and you can read it. But until it gets in your, your innermost man, the inner being, that you can actually see those promises coming to pass, that you can see those things that he's promised yes and amen to, and you can see that and feel it, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, just like Angie did, that yes, we are having another baby. I know we're having another baby because we've been prophetically spoken over. And secondly, I have seen it. I have seen my body healed. I've seen polycystic ovaries go. I have seen my body work at the capacity it's supposed to work. I've seen my body be 100% made well. When you're able to get hold of that and you're able to sense it and feel it and the emotions are tied in together with it, that right there is fruitful biblical meditation. That works not only in just healing and health, but in every aspect of your life. Every single aspect of your life. You've already got everything that you need, right? You're not going to grab something out there and bring it in God's already planted it there in your inner man. It's just a matter of getting, co-laboring with your inner man and grabbing hold of what's already yours. Yes? Yeah. So, are you plotting the things that bring victory in your life? Some, well, there's a Hebrew word for meditation that is translated in English as plotting. And I thought, okay, how's, how does that, what does that look like? It's, how do you plot? You know, and, and when you plot, you, you plot a graph or you plot a plan or you put something together that says, you know, here, here's where we're going. It's plotting. It's, it's muttering. It's saying the same thing that God is saying instead of what the world is saying. That's how we biblically meditate. Are you visualizing it's important to visualize. It's very important to visualize what that looks like, what your healing looks like, what your life looks like, what the promise that you're holding on to. You know, I minister to a lot of people, and, and they'll tell me, I've been praying. I have been praying a long time about this, okay? And I'll say, well, that's great, man. I'm excited about what you're praying. How can I agree with you? What, 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 in, what is the imperishable seed, the Word of God? What seed are you planting in your heart? What are you putting in that soil that's going to produce 30, 60, 100-fold? Oh, I don't know. I've just been praying. I've been praying. I've been praying. Well, your heart is in the right place. Your mind is in the right place. But what you got to do in order to see the kingdom that's already within you produce 30, 60, 100 fold is to plant the incorruptible seed of the word of God in there in the soil of your heart so that it can produce. So if you're, if you're praying for healing, then what scripture are you standing on? If you're, if you're praying for prosperity and you're trying to, to, to find your way out of, a, out of a mire there, you know, find the scripture there and pray that. You know, there's so many times that I, that I minister to folks and they don't have an idea of what they're standing on. And you can't stand firm on something that you haven't planted. You know? And the soil of your heart, Mark 4 talks about, you know, what you, what you put in your heart, that's going to multiply after itself. So if you're putting the word of God in your heart and you're hiding that word of God in your heart, just like David, so that you may not sin against him, then you're going to see that word of God produce and it's going to grow up. It's like if, if I was a farmer and I went out and I decided 
I've got this beautiful land, this beautiful tract of land, and I'm going to cultivate it. And I love corn. Let me tell you, I love everything about corn. I love corn maize. I love corn this. I, I love corn on the cob. I love popcorn. How many love popcorn? <laughs> Smothered in butter, all the bad stuff, the cheese on top of it too. I love corn. But you know what? I've just got to decide I'm going I'm to watch that field. I'm not going to plant any corn seed. But I'm praying. I'm, I want corn. I want corn. I love corn. I challenge you to find somebody else in this place who loves corn more than me. But I'm not putting any seed in the ground. I'm not putting any seed in the ground. So if, if I don't put the seed in the ground, then what am I going to get out of that field? Nothing. I'm going to get nothing out of that field. So it's important as we, we talk about biblical meditation that we talk about planting the good seed, and the good seed is the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. It's, it's important, I, this goes without saying, it's important to get into the Word, right? It's important to find out what the Word says is yours. There's no way that you can, you can understand what is yours unless you get into the Word. My grandmother passed away a couple years ago, and I was the executor of her estate. And she had a will put together, and she said, you know, this goes to my sister, and this goes to me, and, you know, you guys are going to split the, 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 once you sell the house, you split the, the money between the two of you. If I had never picked up that will and read it and said, well, I got stuff from Granny. Granny left me some stuff. I wouldn't have any idea what she had for me, right? So you got to read the will, read the Word of God, to find out what's in there, to find out the promises that you can meditate on, that you can put in your heart, that you can see, that you can grab a hold of, you put your feelings and emotions around it so that that grows up and becomes what it needs to be. Jesus wants to make this easy. If you think it's going to be hard to meditate, it will be. It absolutely will be. If you think it's hard to see the promises of God come to pass in your life, absolutely will be because it's be it done unto you according to your faith, Right? Because Jesus says, my yoke and my burden are easy, they're light. So what we do is we say, you know, God, I don't know how it's going to come to pass, like we did with the polycystic ovaries. I don't know how it's going to come to pass. Well, we know, God, that you've healed her body. You have given us a command to be fruitful and multiply. That children are like, like arrows in our quiver, and I've got a lot of arrows, hallelujah. That's, that's what you've got to get into. You've you, you got you to just say, that is what God intended for me, and I'm going to have it no matter what. I'm going to have it no matter what. Romans 12 talks about being, having a renewed mind and becoming like a child. The, the scriptures talk about us becoming like a child. And by having a renewed mind so that we know what the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God is, don't you think he would also mean having a renewed imagination? Mm-hmm. And in biblical meditation, there's a lot of sanctified imagination. There's a lot of seeing things in your inner man that you're not seeing here. You know, <clears throat> Jesus talked about people that were, that were dull of hearing, that couldn't see. He wasn't talking about your ears or your eyes. He was talking about the man of the heart, the inner man. There were, there were parts of, of people's um, inner portions that they were callous and they couldn't see and they couldn't hear because they didn't, they didn't hear and see from the inner man. They were trying to hear and see from the outer man, from the fleshly man. You know, I have a five-year-old son, another miracle baby, and Alex has taught me so much about imagination. Uh, I love to grill out. You guys know I love to grill. I love to get on the smoker. I love to get on the, on the grill. And I love to marinate meat and put it up there. And, and I'm talking, I, I like to get as carnal as I can on that grill, okay? <laughs> I love to get as carnal as I can on that grill. Well, Alex, several... 
Roast corn is good too. Roast corn is good too, especially if you put the seed in the ground. My son, my five-year-old son, loves to come out with me when I cook. Daddy, can I go help you cook? And I say, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do this. And so he gets out there and he gets a stick, okay? And that stick becomes a sword or it becomes a spear. And do you know what we do while I cook on the grill? We slay dragons to go on the grill. <laughs> if you're going to come hang out with my little dude, with my little man, you got to enter into that world of imagination. And, you know, he's teaching me so much about imagination because, you know, here's the thing. As in, in this culture, imagination is kind of poo-pooed and frowned upon, you know? You, you get taught in school, and, I, and I'm not banging um, or, or, or saying bad things about, about education. My mother was an educator, uh, and, I, and I graduated from the University of Georgia. Go dogs! So um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an issue with education. Yeah. But... In our culture, we're taught reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? We're taught the fundamentals. We're taught how to get your brain engaged. What we don't get taught in most churches and what we don't get taught in our education system is how do you, how do you imagine? How do you let your imagination, that creativity and the imagination flow? Maybe it's God-sanctified imagination. How do, you get, how do you let that flow? And that's something that we, that we forget about. And someone who has has an imagination that they use and they get very excited about it are sometimes told that you've got an overactive imagination. And so that thing gets squashed. So you end up being a 42-year-old guy trying to figure out how do you meditate on the promises of God? Okay, I, I, I quit learning how to imagine when I was five years old and slaying dragons because, you know, you're not supposed to imagine. You're supposed to live in the real. Live in the now. I watched Wayne's World the other night. Live in the now, man. Yeah, you're supposed to live in the now and, and live, in, live in, in this, in what you see, to you, a touch, feel, um, here. You're supposed to live in that world. You're not supposed to live in the other world. So your, your imagination gets crushed. God, I hope that I don't crush my children's imagination. I pray that my children's imagination stays as beautiful as it is now on slaying dragons and putting it on. The, and when we, you know what? When we come up to eat dinner, Alex comes and tells mommy, Daddy and I slayed a lot of dragons, and Daddy cooked them all. <laughs> Y'all want to come over to my house for dragon meat one night? We can do that. We can do that. The unseen for Alex sometimes is more real than the seen. Isn't that a lesson to learn from children? If we could grab a hold of, I mean, you, know, you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a great imparter of wisdom. My five-year-old will look to me and go, oh, father, what say you? How can you tell me? When I'm sitting here going, listening to him slaying dragons and, and seeing his world of imagination going, God, look how much he's teaching me. Look how much he's teaching me by, by showing me it's okay to see things in your inner man, to see things in your inner heart. Now, my goal would be, as he grows older, not to squash that, but to drive that towards the Lord so he can see things like killing dragons. He can see what the Lord has promised him. He can become a partaker of what the Lord has promised him. That's my prayer for all of my children. I thank my children for teaching me because they teach me more than, than many times I release my wonderful wisdom. You know, as followers of Christ, we don't dwell in darkness, okay? We know that, right? 
we, we dwell in, 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 in lightness. And darkness is confusion and chaos. And if confusion and chaos is going in your room or, or in your life, then, you know, that's not what God intended for you to experience. Biblical meditation allows us to clear out the darkness, to clear out the chaos, to see the light. Paul prayed that our hearts may be flooded with light. What a great prayer, huh? You ever in, you ever in doubt of what you need to pray? Go, go read a few Paul letters and pray what Paul prayed. You'll always be okay with that. Pray that your hearts be enlightened. We need to live from our hearts. You know, Clint always talks about that, that this is a heart thing. This whole message of grace you know, all, a lot of us have come out of religious backgrounds and where you had to strive to do and fight the devil and scream at the top of your lungs. And then when you didn't do that, you had to throw oil on him and, you know, all the religious stuff that goes along with that, right? When the reality is, if we could just live from our hearts and live from that renewed place of our heart, imagine what we would see of the kingdom. Because the kingdom's within and it's wanting to get out. The kingdom's within and want to get out. And if we can get to that place in biblical meditation where we can grab a hold of that, grab a hold of what's within us, then that quickly manifests outside of us. And then we become those people, like Caitlin said, that are not only getting things painted on the canvases of our hearts, but we also then get beautiful brushes that we can go out and paint on other people's hearts, that we can say, we are doing as God wants us to do. We are multiplying. We are growing the kingdom from within without. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Confession time. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not about to tell you all my sins. That'd be, take too long. <laughs> Confession time. I want, I want all of us to, to say this and, and, and just get it in our hearts that there is a divine flow constantly in me. Can we say that? There is a divine flow constantly in me. All right, meditate on that, okay? Because that divine flow doesn't shut off. It stays on 24-7. So whether we just make access of it or not. All right, I'm going to talk just a little bit about sin, but not much because I don't like folks not. I'm not going to confess either right now either. Just let you know. <laughs> talk on it. Um, because you know what? We're, we're already forgiven. We're forgiven. We're blessed to forgive. But sin, what sin does with your, with your heart is it causes calluses to form on your heart. God's not mad at you. He's not punishing you. But what it does is when you're, when you're trying to meditate, you can't hear from the Lord as clearly because that callus is formed on your heart. So, you know, when you go and you sin and, you, and you're, you're, you're sinning not because the devil's making you sin. You're sinning because something's in your mind and you've been drawn by, by your own lust, right? And you're doing that. But what that does is each decision you make has a consequence. I tell my kids all the time, you can make a decision for good or you can make a decision for bad. Either one of them is going to have a consequence, okay? If you make a decision for bad, doesn't mean that God's mad with you. doesn't mean he's angry with you. He's not. He has moved, removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. But what it does is impact your heart. It impacts your heart, so it's difficult to hear. And you want to be into a place you can hear, then you want to stay right there with your heart being cleansed and your heart being pure. You want to have a renewal. When you mess up, don't go running away from God. Go to him. Run to him and say, I messed up. And you know what? I am still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am still the righteousness of God. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to be put... I used to do this. Whenever I would sin, I would go, oh, crap, God's mad at me now. I'm going to go stay for three weeks and you know, beat myself up, and then maybe I'll come back to the Lord and I'll talk to him then. And you know what? When you run further away from the Lord, you just sin further, further more. In this scenario where I'm talking about with biblical meditation, 
When you mess up, and we all do from time to time, when you mess up, you just run to him and say, Lord, I messed up, but thank you, God, that you removed my sins. Thank you that I am still the righteousness of God. It doesn't affect my identity. Now let's get back to doing God's business. Let me get back into a place of meditation. Let me hear what the Spirit is saying to me, and let's move on. Amen? Amen. Problem with biblical meditation is we're sometimes too busy. We're sometimes too busy. Um, your brain, here's the science backing up meditation, okay? Your brain, in, in what we're doing right now, we're in beta. We're in beta waves. Our beta waves are cooking. This is getting stuff done. You can't operate without beta waves. You've got to have beta waves to play the drums. You've got to have beta waves to, to hit that, uh, those 88 keys. You've got to have beta waves to do, this, uh, do the uh, bass and, and become the most amazing bass player known to man. <laughs> You've got to have beta waves. But... You need to take time to let the shepherd lead you beside the still waters and, I'll, 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 and, and, and on the, on the lie down on the green grass. If you don't take the time to let the good shepherd lead you beside the still waters and let you uh, lay down on the green grass, then those alpha waves never kick in. That's alpha where the meditation happens. Your brain waves slow down. You're able to get introspective. You're able to look into your heart. You're able to connect with your inner man. You're able to, 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 to connect with God and Christ within you, the hope of glory. You're able to see things that you couldn't see before when you slow down. And my challenge to you guys this week is be intentional about slowing down. It doesn't mean that you have to stop in the middle of, of fixing dinner, because you fix good dinner. I like that. Uh, <laughs> doesn't mean you have to stop doing what you're doing, but when you, like when you get up in the morning, first thing when you get up in the morning, your, your alpha waves are still kicked in. You're not half awake, half sleep stage. Just start focusing. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you have given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, I praise you that today is a good day, that you've blessed me, that you've caused uh, the favor of the Lord to call, uh, come upon me. You just begin seeing that in that alpha wave state. And then again at night when you go to bed. Right before you go to bed, when you're in that phase, it's, you know, I'm halfway awake, I'm halfway asleep, begin praising God in your inner man. And that alpha stage when your body is resting and you're slow. I'd, I'd love to see this as an experiment. I'd love for each one of us to do this in the next week and then, you know, maybe have some testimonies next week if you, if you come back with some. But when you slow those brain waves down and you're, and you're laying there and you're, and, you're, and you're focused on your inner man, then you're going to see uh, an awareness of the kingdom. You're going to be able to connect with the kingdom. And this is good for young people, too. I know young people think, well, I, I do my thing. I'm going to jam out with turn down for what, and then I'm going to go to bed, you know. Um, <laughs> this is good for young people, too. I, I know many times, and, and being the parent of teenagers and, 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 and young 20-somethings, sometimes you feel like, I got too much going on. I got, I got life going on, and I will get, I'll get to the Bible and meditation. I'll get to that when I'm, you're, when I'm an old dude or chick like you are, man. I mean, when, you're, when you're 42 and old, then maybe I'll take some time to, to get into the Bible and, 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 and meditate some. I want to encourage the young people today, uh, those teenagers and young people, to, to get into the Word now because you, you, this is stuff that will do you well for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, turn down for what will be off the top 40 list in another two weeks. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Katy Perry, bless her heart, will be singing about a dark horse uh, in an old folks home one day. But, but the stuff that you can, that you can, 
The stuff that you can grab a hold of if you, if you take time to read your word, to get into the Bible, and to meditate on it, then that's stuff that's going to do you some good when you're 25. It's going to do you some good when you're 35, when you're 45, when you're 55 and 65. It's going to do you good the rest of your life. Whereas the stuff that you're, that you're thinking is very important right now, maybe it's not. It all comes back from uh, being still and knowing that Jesus is Lord, right? Be still and know that he's Lord. When you're still and know that he's Lord, then you can fully meditate on his promises. What if you started your day like that? What if you, what if you started your day and you heard God's voice? What if you went to bed at night and you heard God's voice? What, what kind of difference do you think that would make in your life? Pretty big, right? Abraham was told by God to look at the stars. Look at, the, look at the sands of the sea right there. Look at the, so I go to Myrtle Beach. Angie and I went to Myrtle Beach last couple of years. Love Myrtle Beach. And I know Eleanor's watching, so yeah, Eleanor, we love Myrtle Beach too. She's a big, she's a big shag gal. I don't need to shag, I don't do that well. <laughs> but we were at Myrtle Beach last year and I'm sitting out on the balcony, and I'm looking out, and you see this, this just vast expanse of ocean, but then this vast beach that's alongside it. And you know, and you think about, at least I did at the time, you think about the fact that God said, Abraham, look at that, look at the sand. Look at the sand out there. That's how many of your descendants are going to be. That's what I'm going to do for you. Look at the stars. Look at the stars at night. You see that? That's, that's how many kids you're going to have. That's how many folks are going to come out of, out of you, Abraham. What are you seeing in your heart? You know, instead of us getting religious at times and going, you know, I didn't pray enough this week, or I didn't give enough this week, or, you know, I, I, I didn't do this or that this week as it pertains to, to, uh, to your religious exercises, what about instead of doing those things, you say, what's my heart seeing? What's my heart seeing? You know, you can go out, and I used to, I used to beat myself up. On, on this business. I used to go out and pray for the sick. And I'd see some healed. I'd see some die. It'd get all frustrating at times. But I would get mad if I didn't go out because I thought, you know, God's, God's not pleased with me because I haven't gone out and prayed for the sick. And I would think, oh, God's mad at me because I, I haven't gone out and laid hands on someone. I haven't done this or I haven't done that. Then the grace message comes along and sets you free from all that, Anna. And you, and, you, and, you, and you figure out it's not what you do that makes God happy with you. It's what he's done. It's not what you do in a religious exercise that makes you holy. It's what he's done to your heart that makes you holy. It's getting in touch with that, that inner man, into that holy man. That's how we're able to see that kingdom come forth, you know? Isn't that good news? That is good news. You know, you're, we talked about the, the alpha wave. Your, your body will never go into alpha if, if it's tired, if, it's, if, if you're so keyed up, if you drink three uh, monster drinks and a, and a Red Bull, I can guarantee you, you're not going into Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> three monster drinks and a Red Bull, you're going you're gonna to be so beta that you will never go into Alpha. So you, you got to get to that place of quiet in yourself. And, and, and I'd like to challenge you to do that this week. I'd like to challenge you to find that, that place of peace, that place of quiet, and connect with the Lord. 
Because when you connect with the Lord like that, you're going to see the kingdom. You're going to see the promises that you've meditated on. You're going to see those things, and they're going to paint a picture on that canvas like Caitlin was saying. This is the beauty of biblical meditation is when you get to that place where your alpha waves are, are engaged and you're quiet before the Lord, you can ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Because he says the Holy Spirit will show you things to come, right? right? You can ask the Holy Spirit, paint me a picture on the canvas of my heart so that I can see the things to come. Paint me a picture of where we're going next. Paint me a picture of what, what you have for me, Lord. You know? Paint me a picture of what tomorrow looks like. Paint me a picture, Lord, of what my healing looks like. If, if, if you're struggling physically, Lord, paint me a picture of what my healing looks like. If you're struggling in any area of your life, get in that place of quiet. Get in that place of steel. Get in that place beside the still waters and ask the Lord, Lord, paint on, my, on, the, on the canvas of my heart what it is that you see. And then let God use your sanctified imagination. Let God use your sanctified imagination to paint that picture for you. And then when you paint that picture, then don't just look at it like it's a picture. Begin experiencing what you just seen painted. If it's healing that you're, that you're, that you're going after, then experience what life would be like without that pain. If it's, if it's something in prosperity, experience what life would be like with that bill paid. Don't just, don't just look at it, but experience it. Let, connect your emotions with it. When you connect your emotions with those, those, those thoughts and that meditative state, you're going to experience it. The body has no, there's no difference between experiencing it internally and experiencing it externally. You ever had a dream where you were running. Maybe you had a scary dream, right? And you were running. And you wake up at that last minute. And what happens? You're sweaty. Your heart's racing. You, your, your body knows no different than you were out running a marathon than what happened on the inside. Okay? Does that make sense? Have you, anybody had that happen before? You know, you have a dream, you experience every single thing, all the emotions, the tiredness, the excitement, whatever it is. You're riding the roller coaster in the dream, and you got the hands up, and you're going down the big hill, right? <laughs> oh, praise Jesus, <laughs> you know. You, you experience the thrill and the excitement of riding that roller coaster in your dream, and you wake up, and you've experienced that basically internally, but your body, all your, all your stuff, all your hormones are kicking in, all that, what do you call it when, when you exercise? Endorphins. Endorphins. All your endorphins are kicking in. You're, you have experienced that 100% in your dream. Same as if you were riding that roller coaster at Six Flags in person. Makes sense, doesn't it? So this is the power of biblical meditation. If you can get there, and you can, it's, it's an art. It's not like I'm saying, well, this is how you meditate. Oh, <laughs> righty then. I can't, I can't tell you how to do it. You just got to do it, you know? I can't tell you how to do it. You just got to do it. So what you do is you do paint that picture and you get the emotions and the feelings connected. And then when you experience there, when you experience fully every single thing that's on that canvas of your heart that God just painted, when you experience that fully is when you'll be able to experience and see the manifestation of it. There are so many times where uh, I've seen in, in, in my Christian walk that, you know, I've prayed and prayed and prayed for something and I didn't see it come to pass. And the Lord said, you didn't see it come to pass in your heart first. Mm 
You know, you're looking, for, you're looking for something to take place externally. You're looking for something to happen externally with your situation or with someone that you're ministering to or someone, something that you're doing. You're looking, for, you're looking to see the world carnally. Okay, let's do that. Okay, here's confession. Carnal. I was carnal. Carnal doesn't mean that you're, you're all sacked up in sin. It could be. But when you're trying to see God's promises just with your eyes and your ears and feeling, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray for this tumor and I'm going to put my hand on there and I want that tumor to go away. And the only way I'm going to believe it's going away is if I feel that tumor go away up at the palm of my hand, right? Where has God taught me <laughs> and still teaching me? If you see that tumor go away in your heart, you see that person being healed. You see that person walking. You see that person experiencing the promises of God. You see that in your heart. Then you can transmit it to them in person. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So go there in your heart so that you can go there in the world. When you're in your meditative place, go there. where you're, if, you, if, if, if you've got a call in your life to be an evangelist, then see that stadium packed full. See people coming to the Lord. See people being healed. See the whole stadium being healed. I, I want to get to a point in my meditation that I'm in Africa, and Kenya's got one of those great, great big old stadiums, and, and they've got speakers up, and, and I'm preaching like this, and, and some Kenyan guys, you know. I want to get to the point where I'm seeing that in my heart and seeing what God has, and then I can guarantee it's going to happen. When I went to Brazil for the first time, and I've been to Brazil five times, uh, ministering on mission trips two weeks at a time, generally. When I first went down there, um, I wanted to see everything. And I had meditated on this for months. You know, I wanted to see the sick healed. I wanted to see the dead raised. Didn't see that yet. It, it will happen. Um, wanted to see demons cast out. I, I'd, I'd read all of this in, in the Word, and I wanted to see it. I hadn't seen it in the American church. And I, I'm going to South America where things get weird. Yeah. <laughs> things get weird in South America sometimes. And so I had meditated, and I, and I did it unconsciously, really, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I went, oh, God, wouldn't it be so awesome to see? Wouldn't it be so awesome to see somebody get set free? Somebody was eat up with demons. Wouldn't it be cool to see them slithering on the floor and then get born again and get baptized in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues? And offer? Wouldn't it be awesome, Lord? <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was, that was what I was, I was thinking about that constantly. I was thinking about people being healed in Brazil constantly before, months and months and months on end before I got on that plane. And when I got on that plane, I took off, and I was like, oh, man, it's 11 hours on the, on the tube. That's going to be great. You know, all the people were like, I don't want to be on this plane for 11 I was excited, man. I'm about to see God come forth, man. I've seen it. I've seen it in my heart. And so we get to Brazil, and uh, it's about 45 minutes outside of Rio de Janeiro is where the mission is. And the uh, minister that I was uh, with down there, uh, we go out to all these little churches all across the, the state of Rio. And uh, I was at uh, Bujos. It's about a three-hour drive away from Rio. It is the place where Brazilians go for holiday. <laughs> and it's a beautiful beach. In fact, I'll tell this for Ange, and this is a sidebar, so let me rabbit trail just a second, okay? I was down in Bujos, and uh, I took a picture of a big fat man wearing a, wearing a uh, what you call it, Speedo. Wearing a Speedo. He's a big guy, a big guy. I, mean, I don't wear Speedos. I shouldn't wear Speedos. That's a, that's a privilege, uh, not a right. 
So I took a picture of this man wearing a Speedo, and I thought, this is going to be funny. I got back, and I emailed it to Angela. I said, listen, I know he said death to his part, and I'm, I'm, I'm all in it. I'm all in. But if anything happens to me, I just want you to know, anything happens to me while I'm in Brazil, down in the Amazon, you know, something might, my monkey might get on me or something. Here's a man for you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing. But anyway... <laughs> I told you it was a sidebar, it was a rabbit trail. But I was down there, and I, and I got to go into a, uh, one of the first churches we, we ministered in. And uh, I actually got to preach with a, with a, with a uh, Portuguese translator. It was fun. And that night, we had a little prayer tunnel. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, where people get on either side, and the folks walk through the middle of the prayer tunnel, and we were praying for folks. And I was way back here in the back, and the altar was up here at the front. And so the... Uh, the, um, uh, one of the ladies went through, and when she got to the end to the altar, she started, <laughs> she, start, she started manifesting a demon, right? Right there in the middle of church. And you know what my first thought was? was Man, I hope she gets free. My thought was, Dad, come in, I'm at the back of the line. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it, I'm at the back of the line. I'm not going to be able to minister to this lady because she's up here at the front. And, and so they got a couple of Portuguese Brazilian ministers that are over there casting out demons, and the woman gets born again. She gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. I got to see everything that I saw in, my, saw in my heart. But that night was a very rare night because I had a hotel room that I didn't have a roommate in. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to be just free of the Lord tonight. I'm going to have a little chat with him. Got on the edge of my bed, and I said, Lord, I just thank you so much that that woman got set free tonight. I thank you that she got born again. I thank you that demons are no longer a part of her life, eating her up. Uh, but Lord, I say, uh, tomorrow's another church. And I'm just saying, if you've got somebody to get up with demons, I want to be right there in the middle of it. I don't, I don't pray for anybody to have a demon. I, I don't want you to think that I'm, Lord, I don't want you to think that I'm asking for someone to have a demon. But I'm saying, if someone has a demon, I need, OJ, I need some OJT. I need some on-the-job training. And I said, oh, oh, yeah, in Jesus' name, good night. So I went to sleep and got up the next morning. We had our whole day. We did some projects around the church. And that night... Um, I got to preach again, and I was having a blast, having a blast, because you never know what the guy is in Portuguese. I've said, the Lord is God, and I don't know what he says. He just goes, oh, muito obrigado, Jesus, you know? <laughs> I, tr I trust that you said what I, need, what I said, right, okay? So I'm sitting there, uh, finished up uh, service, and had an altar call, another, uh, another fire tunnel. And I happened to be there when this woman hits the ground and she starts slithering like a snake. I had, I had actually seen that in my mind before I'd gone to Brazil. She started slithering like a snake and she was hissing and making all sorts of noise and racket. And the, uh, the, uh, the mission pastor who spoke about as much English as I spoke Portuguese, he said, Mike, demon, you cast out. <laughs> I was, a, I was a very happy guy. <laughs> and, and so I, I got down on, on the ground with this woman and put my hand on her head, and she's, ah, and she's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And, uh, and, and, of course, I had a tie on at the time because back then you wore ties when you went to preaching, right? You know? And the, 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 the pastor said, you might want to put your tie back. Tie, tie. Because demon kill you, don't like you. <laughs> so... I saw that. The point of sharing that story with you guys is I saw that in my mind's eye. I saw it in my heart 
well before I ever went to Brazil. I, I asked the Lord to paint that on the canvas of my heart, and he did. And the Lord showed me the kingdom in another way that I'd never seen before. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? God is so good. All right. So a mindset on the Lord is perfect peace. I'm, I'm probably the demon's swarming around on the, on the floor. If you've not seen that before, it doesn't sound like perfect peace, but it was for me. <laughs> I was, oh, this is good because I'm going to see God break through. I'm going to see this lady set free. I'm, I'm, I'm excited because this woman is going to be set free, and she's going to walk out of here because she'll know the Lord because she will have encountered the Lord Jesus himself tonight. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to wrap up here with uh, Psalms 1. Before I do that, when you, when you meditate, left brain, right brain is, is getting to sync up, okay? You know, when we're in beta, like we're talking about in beta, where you're in very, very busy, 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 the beta waves, it's your left brain. That's getting stuff done. You got to do that. I got to mow the lawn. I got to go clean the pool. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. All the stuff on your to-do list, beta waves. All the stuff on there, yeah, like a daydream. Maybe I can think about something. That's on your, on your right brain. And when you can get the brain to sync up in that alpha wave, that's when the left brain and the right brain, they sync up, and you're able to meditate and able to see creatively what God has for you and then experience it left brain-wise too in your heart so that you can see it outside. Make sense? Okay, Psalms 1. I'm going to read this, and then we can wrap up. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's a pretty good promise for meditating on the word of God, isn't it? It's a pretty good promise for biblical meditation. When you walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, but you walk with the Lord, and you're seeing your way prosper, you're seeing your way um, into the kingdom the way that he had intended for you to be in the kingdom. Did you guys get anything out of this today? Get some, some good stuff? All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that you've already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, we, we thank you that, uh, that even now as we speak, that, uh, that you're already causing things to come up to, on the canvas of our own heart. And Lord, as we, as we slow down tonight, Lord, I, I pray that you would, you would cause all of us to slow down and get our brains in alpha, to meditate upon you, to see the promises that are yes and amen, and that every single one of us this week, Lord, would experience you in a new and deeper way through the power of biblical meditation. We love you, Lord. We thank you for being so good to us. And it's in Christ's name we pray.